The Rebrand Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Welcome to the Rebrand Podcast, a member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. This podcast tells the stories of world-changing marketing campaigns as told by the people who build them. Ready to hear untold stories behind the brands you love? Then sit back, relax, and get ready for the Rebrand. Here's the host of the Rebrand Podcast, the CEO of the Harkey Group, Scott Harkey. All right. Welcome to the Rebrand Podcast, where, as you know, we tell untold stories of world-changing brand campaigns as told by the marketers built them. I'm your host and founder of the Harkey Group, Scott Harkey, and today we're going to discuss social media brand strategies. As you know, I'm very picky about agencies coming on the show. I want to make sure they're bringing fresh ideas, things that we're struggling with. So I couldn't be more excited to have Jason Mitchell on the show, who's the CEO at The Movement Strategy, which is a social media agency. Movement Strategies clients include Netflix, Amazon, Warner Media, and many more. They've recently named Shorty Awards Small Agency of the Year and recognized at DigiDay Awards under Best Organic Marketing Campaign. They are known for breakout work for Yellow Jackets, Rick and Morty, Adult Swim, DC Comets, and Amazon Studios' The Boys. They also famously launched Looney Tunes on TikTok, which was covered by Adweek and AdAge. You know Jason is going to bring the fire. Uh, this is such a hot topic about doing social right, whether it's brand or content, channel by channel. So I couldn't be more excited to have Jason Mitchell on the show. And today we're going to talk about commonalities in brand strategy between Netflix, Amazon, and Warner Media. What's working out in the social world? We got Jason Mitchell with the Movement Agency. What's going on, brother? How you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk shop and talk about social and branding and everything else. So you obviously have giant clients. I saw Amazon. Obviously, we do a little bit of work with our digital agency with Amazon. What market are you in? Are you in LA, Jason? What's your background and where you where you living right now? And kind of maybe lead up to how you got in this game. It seems like a lot of entertainment background, which I can relate to. My guess is kind of LA and maybe you work for studios. I, and I didn't look at your LinkedIn beforehand. So love to hear your background and kind of where you come from, how you got in this world. Yeah, absolutely. So I live in LA, which I love. What part of LA are you? I'm in the west side. I uh, when I moved out here, I'm like I'm gonna be a surfer, so I had to be within a ten minute bike ride to the to the beach. Oh, dude, you're like my brother from another mother. Where where are you surfing out there? These days, Malibu is kind of where yep. I go. Porto, you know, when I have a Porto's uh, great, you know, ninety minute break between meetings, I'm I'm hitting Breakwater, Venice. So yeah, those are my spots. Dude, Porto is a is a favorite of mine. When I was living out in Redondo Beach in South Bay, and then. I was in Malibu recently, and I'm not in Malibu a lot. That break that Malibu has off that point there is ridiculous. It looks super crowded. I didn't grow up like surfing there, and I hadn't surfed there a bunch. And most of my buddies are more Orange County or Northern San Diego surfers. So, but that break looks sick, like such a long break, like in the 70s movies, like kind of like picture perfect break. Yeah, we're very lucky here in Southern California. It's definitely a world-class surf spot, I think. But so we're talking about surfing, but actually to ask about my backstory and, yes. and skiing is actually oh, sort cool. of this 
major. So I'm, I would identify myself as a skier. I grew up in Boston and I come from a big skiing family. My great uncle actually fought for the U.S. in World War II as part of the ski division in Italy. Holy so shit, it's, that's it's awesome. very much like in my blood, which brought me to Colorado for college. I went to the University of Colorado Boulder and because I wanted to basically go somewhere I could ski, you know, five, six days a week. And there's a couple of things that were monumental in my life around that. So first of all, not tied to business, but very importantly, I met my wife there. So that was a, a big skiing thing. But then after a couple of years, I moved to Crested Butte, which is a small ski town to compete in extreme ski championships. And part of that was I wanted to get away from all of the drinking and, and partying and everything that I was doing at school and sort of re ground myself. And what I discovered when I took a year off was that I wanted to do something entrepreneurial. I wanted to come back to college and really refocus. And probably the best program at the time at the University of Colorado was the advertising program. And so I applied and got into that program, which set me on a course towards advertising. Somebody in that program was my ski buddy, Eric Dieter, who ended up being the co-founder of Movement Strategy. And we became really good friends because he was kind of the only one that could keep up. Uh, of people that I met my freshman year when we were skiing. And what happened is I went back to school and I was in the advertising program and they were teaching us about TV and print and radio. Meanwhile, all of the kids in the class, it's like 2007, 2008, were sitting there on Facebook and we were getting our news from Dig and Reddit. And social media has really started to take off, but seemingly the advertisers weren't there yet. And so we said, you know, we're graduating soon. This seems like a great opportunity. What if we started a social media agency and worked with local companies to help them launch on Facebook and other places? So that's what we did. And early on, we got opportunities because we were one of the first people to be social media agencies, especially in Colorado. Sort of our first opportunity was this energy company that reached out to us and said, hey, can you talk to us about being on social? And we went and we pitched them. And the response was, this was a great pitch, but we don't want to be on social, which is so funny nowadays. You never hear that. But what they did say was, we we're big sponsors of the Denver Nuggets. You should talk to them. And they gave us a, an introduction and we went in. And I remember I was like 21 at the time going in, talking to the marketing team of the Denver Nuggets. Like, this is my big opportunity. Pitching them about 15 minutes into the meeting, the CMO walks in. He sits down, he goes, I have five minutes for you to tell me why we should be on Facebook. And so I don't know what I said. I think I'm going to blacked out or something. But I remember him getting up and saying, that's a great answer. We'll be in touch. And so I think for maybe $5,000 plus season tickets, we signed a year contract with them, which was a great opportunity to spite the money because we could then say, oh, we work with the Denver Nuggets. Dude, that's so badass. I love it. And, and so you ask about entertainment. We do a lot of entertainment and our roots are in entertainment with you know, professional sports, we launched the Denver Nuggets on Facebook and all the other teams in the NBA were like, hey, we want to be on Facebook too. And so they reached out and we started working with lots of NBA teams and music. So that sort of set us out of the road into this entertainment space. That's so rad. What I'm so glad I asked the backstory. That was just fascinating. And it, I just can relate to you in so many ways. I, I started doing a lot of sports marketing early on. And it's kind of how I found my network and a lot of the clients that I have today, especially, you know, on like my, my first client was Arizona State University, their athletic department. And I built basically off their sponsors and still work with them today. So, yeah, no, I love that. Okay, so you get to L.A. And then how do you start working with the big ass brands like Netflix and, you know, 
Yeah. So we started, so I was actually, so I was in, we were in Colorado. Then I, so my wife that I mentioned, she grew up in Manhattan. She wanted to move back. And so I moved back to Manhattan, the city, New York City. And I opened an office in New York. We had, so we had Boulder, opened uh, New York, sort of started with the New York Knicks because they saw the, the Nuggets. And we got an opportunity to work with True TV. And that was a really big opportunity for us. It was a, a level up in terms of the size of the opportunity, but also True TV was going through this rebrand from this reality network to comedy. And we created this campaign for us, which was one of our most famous campaigns called True TV is a Thing. And it was around March Madness. Everyone had to watch certain March Madness games on True TV. And people would go to Twitter and be like, what is True TV? Where is True TV? Why are these games on True TV? And we created this listen and response campaign where we had a writer's room full of comedians. And when people would make fun of True TV, we went right back at them. And it was sort of before this idea of brands clapping back. And it got so much press. I remember that. That's badass. I totally remember that. I remember like during March Madness, I'm like, what that, what is, tr- is true TV? I got to watch this game. Like what, what the F? Oh, that's crazy. Okay. Exactly. So that, so that sort of put us on the map in the entertainment space. We won a grand Clio for that and all sorts of other stuff. Wow. And then from there, we started getting hit up by different networks. And I then moved from New York to LA really because my wife and I wanted warm weather. And so we moved to LA and we got hit up by Netflix and had an g- opportunity to go in and pitch them and talk to them about the work. And this was around 20, 2018, 2019. And at the time, Netflix was building out one of the absolute best social media teams and practices, both in-house and also with a small number of really great top-notch agencies. And we were one of those. And they were building out this team where they're spinning up social media profiles for lots of different specific things and scaling those significantly. So we helped them launch Netflix film on Twitter and on Instagram. We helped them really expand the Netflix is a joke vertical. We relaunched their YouTube presence. And all of it was about going after audiences and getting Netflix to truly be in the cultural zeitgeist on social. And throughout that process developed one of the best methodologies for how to do top tier social media and entertainment. And a lot of the other studios then looked at that and said, okay, we want to do that too. And we were one of the agencies leading that. And so from there, we had an opportunity to you know, expand the, the work that we were doing with Netflix and that grew a lot, but also work with Prime Video. We helped launch HBO Max on social and just did a ton of work in the entertainment space coming out of the work that we did with Netflix to help position them as sort of the top brand on social in the 20. 20- 19, 2020 era. I love it. The great background and, and love hearing the history of, of your work. It's just insane what you've been able to accomplish and the brands you've worked with and the value you're bringing with, I mean, even your idea of bringing comedy writers for true TV is just fascinating how you're thinking about social and, and content probably way different than probably a lot of brand advertisers and agencies how do you think about social? Is it channel by channel? Is it audience first? Is it content? Is it all of those? Like, what is your process for helping brands wrap their head around social? I mean, how did you convince the Nuggets guy in five minutes, you know, CMO, 
like to be on social? I mean, it seems like you guys are clearly punching above your weight class constantly in the agency game. And now you've, you know, got the clout that you have in the industry, but is it because you're thinking about social differently? Is it, is it because you're executing well? Is it, are you, are you sourcing partners for, for just amazing content that's gaining, you know, I don't want to say traction, but just even trending, right? Like how have you been so successful in social and what can we as advertisers and brands learn from you, you know, quickly? (laughs) I I think that for us, where we've been successful is we've always had a good pulse of where the industry is headed and where social is headed. And so when I was talking to the CMO of the Nuggets, which was a long time ago, it was, hey, there's an opportunity for you to have a direct relationship with your audience. That was new at the time. And you wouldn't pitch on that now. You wouldn't talk about that now. It's so obvious. So where is it going now? Where's the puck going, Gretzky? I love it. That's like being six months to two years ahead of where things are going so you can position it, especially from a brand standpoint, channel by channel. So we actually right now are in the process of evolving the work that we do as an agency and who we are as an agency with this in mind. Because so much of the work that we do today is about helping companies run their own social media channels. A hundred percent. And that's changed from three years ago when brands wanted us to run the social channels for them. Right. And where we're headed towards today is we think that social media is the most important mass communication channel for brands. And when you think about social being the most important, it changes the way that you think about sort of the traditional marketing funnel. And the way that we think about it now is this term that we call social centric where social is truly at the center of comms planning. And so today and in the past, we've been very much involved with running the day-to-day of their own social media channel. In the future, we're evolving that to also work with brands to help them with more brand-level, top-of-the-funnel marketing, where ultimately we think the point of that should be about generating as much conversation on social media as possible. So whether it's a TV ad, out-of-home stunt, experiential, all of it with the mindset of how is this going to generate a ton of social media conversation that you can then retarget, pull those people into communities, and that's where you have sort of your your mid-funnel, and then layer in the bottom of the funnel where you're doing more conversion-based media optimization. And so we're evolving from just really focusing on the community mid-level piece of it to be doing more brand level marketing and bottom funnel all sort of around this lens of social centric marketing. And so that's a big piece of where we see the industry going is it's not so much about, you know, what are you saying on social, but it's much more about what are you doing to get other people to talk about you. And so that's a big mind shift that I think a lot of brand marketers need to understand as we think about social over the next couple of years. This is a great topic. And this is I've literally facilitated fights with VP of social versus chief creative officer or VP of creative. And I agree with you for a long time in the industry, it was certainly brand down and social was a part of that as a channel. And this philosophy where social sits in the middle and brand and attribution, you know, product, everything else is linked to that, but, but social is in the center I do think when I heard that argument a few years ago from our VP of social at the time, I I sort of agreed with them. But, you know, there is a lot of 
brand strategy that contradicts that a little bit at, at times. So I'm, I hear what you're saying, and I, I do agree with you, especially now with all the channels and still other than live sports and maybe some news, television has, has been decimated in terms of audience viewing. And the best marketing is when people are talking about you, clearly. And social can ramp that up with some fire, especially now with trending and things like that. I actually think Twitter is a little underrated right now, not to get into a political debate by any means, but as news has been decimated, I, I've seen a lot more activity there. I, 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 I'm not sure that the direct response, people agree with me on that. So if you change your philosophy and it's it's not brand down anymore, it's social, is at the center of everything, how then do you think about channel by channel or or brand? Maybe take us take me a little maybe deeper into your process. I think I'm rambling here a little bit, but I'm, I, I love what you're saying. I'm intrigued. Maybe yeah. take, take us a little deeper in, into that. So one of the things that we do with this social-centric philosophy is social then becomes the starting place as you think about brand strategy. There's just so many amazing insights that you can mine all day long about a brand or a category or a consumer pain point by going through Twitter or Reddit or anything else. And so we start with social listening and truly understanding what are what are some of those in, interesting pain points or insights. One of the things that we focus on a lot as a next piece of that is what we call developing a brand character. And so we don't start from the lens of what should we do on TikTok or Instagram or anywhere else. We start truly understanding who are you as a brand on social or really anywhere else. And we build out this process that we call building out a brand character that lives in the brand first. And one of the things that we've understood is that it's really hard to write for a brand. You know, there's a lot of brand playbooks and voice and tone, but it's all kind of surface level. And when you get great writers in a writer's room and they're trying to write stuff, there's not enough for them to really sink their teeth into. And so we've taken that process and we started to apply screenwriting principles to character development. And we do that to develop these brand characters where you have an understanding of what are the brand's hopes and fears and dreams and what do they love and what do they hate and have this incredibly rich picture of who they are as these characters. And then we start to explore, well, what would this character do? What would this character do on these different platforms? And that gets to much more interesting ideas. And so we have different manifestations of that. One of the best is this work that we did for Looney Tunes, where we developed this character that was actually consumer facing called the Acme Intern. And it gave us this ability to take the Looney Tunes onto social in a really interesting way where it wasn't just releasing clips, but it was this character that people could engage with, that could engage with what was happening culturally on a day-to-day basis that blended the cartoon world of the Looney Tunes with the internet world of memes and everything else with this fictional character that was also a nod to the joke in the industry that like social media, can't you just hire an intern to do it? Of course, that's what Acme Corporation would do. So that's a big part of our process around how we approach strategy and also how we think about how do we activate on different channels is by starting by building these really rich brand characters. That makes so much sense. And of, of course, you talked about what brand voice, brand personality, and, and thinking about it without the lens of social. 
is very limiting for writers as we're going into execution. So one, a couple things that I heard that I really like that is unique that I've, I haven't really heard from a lot of people in the social world is really this brand character development, almost treating it as a, a media property and then putting the effort, time, money, and investment into great writers, which our industry is in a massive shortage of good writers. If you ask anybody that has an agency or any brand side CMO that has big in-house capabilities, you know, we're all looking for writers. We can't find them. So it sounds like you you might have a way of crowdsourcing some great writers and especially some good talent in LA from the entertainment side. My question is, and is that, I, I think I'm hearing that right. I, I see you nodding your head. Is that kind of I think I'm on to something, but there there might be a, when you're talking about character development and you're talking about being basically talked about on social and being cool on social and being relevant on social and, and there's influencers and everybody else. I mean, it's a wild party going on in, in social world and, and to be relevant as a brand. Let's face it. Most brands are risk adverse. This maybe sounds a little bit risky in some cases, especially like your Looney Tunes intern example. H- how do you mitigate some of that risk? Well, I don't think that the exercise of creating a brand character has to be risky necessarily. I mean, so it needs to be authentic to the brand. So for Looney Tunes, Looney Tunes was always a bit risky. They were sort of the anti-Disney. And so we really leaned into that. Yeah, that's true. But like True TV, what if True TV was ripping on somebody about True TV? Or, you know, what did you call the True TV thing? Clap back? True TV is a thing. Yeah. I mean, we, in that campaign, we were making fun of ourselves, but also we were being funny because we, you know, a lot of trolls, right, think they're funny on Twitter. They're not really funny. And when you have an actual comedian being funny, it puts it into perspective. But a lot of people have screwed this up, right? Like a, a lot of agencies, I mean, there's jokes about it all the time. They get, they've gotten fried, screwing this up, like maybe being too aggressive. And it, it certainly goes back to, well, they weren't really on brand or like that wasn't really authentic to the brand and they reached too much. Yeah, I mean, I think what happens in our industry is that people are like, oh, look, Wendy's is being snarky. Let's be like Wendy's. And it's like, well, a lot of work went into that. It doesn't work for your brand, you know? So our, our strategy is not to be funny or snarky or anything else. It's, it's to go a lot deeper than most agencies, most brands do in terms of really understanding who you are. You know, in the same way, not all movies are comedies. You also have drama. You have lots of different things that people are into. What we want to do with the content that we create on, on social is be entertaining in some capacity. It could be that the content is very heartfelt or educational or funny or whatever it is, but it needs to pull people in. And when you don't do enough work developing the brand character, it comes across as very flat. It just feels like a ad on social and people just scroll right through. And so that's the work that we do is if you're a brand and you're risk averse, that's fine. Although, I mean, it's not great, right? But, uh, you know, but but if, if you want to play in a safe lane, that's, that's fine. But how can we find some things that make you more relatable, make you more interesting that we can really lean into? and we can write against. Every brand can, and in my opinion, should develop a really deep sense of who they are so that the people doing the marketing have an ability to, to think, okay, we would do that or we wouldn't do that. That is on brand or not on brand. 
not in a way that it's like, let me pull up this brand book and flip to page 53 because that never happens. But that's my question. I'm going to go, I'm going to press you a little bit in a good way because I, th- I think this is super interesting and I, I, I agree and love what you're saying. But, there, you know, there's not any of us as agencies that aren't like, who are you as a brand and what are you going to be? Right. And there's all these brand exercises. We do it. I'm, I, every agent I know do it. How is what you do in terms of character development and, and knowing who the brand is on social different from maybe a lot of other branding exercises we've seen in the industry? I, I heard some nuggets of like character development and what what would be trending, what's going to make people talk about it, but maybe help us understand that maybe a little more as you're peeling the onion back in a social centric lens from like a brand, from like a, I think of it like, like a brand workshop that we're used to. Yeah. So I think the difference, because I've seen ones that other brands have done is that we think about it from a screenwriting lens and if we're going to have a writer's room writing against a character who is this character so if you know a character from a tv show or a book you kind of know what they're going to do you know who they are that's really different right than like reading a brand book it feels flat and so when we when we think about so one of the things that we do for instance is we look at what are the character archetypes and there's a methodology, right, around, you know, a set number of character archetypes. And we identify what kind of archetype is this person? And then this brand, rather. And then we, we write a backstory. So, yeah, your, your brand might have history, but let's pretend that your brand is actually a person. And let's write a whole history of who that person is and, and how they live in the world and what they believe in. What are they chasing and what are they afraid of? And, and it's the level of depth that we get to that I think is so differentiated from most brand books that I've seen where you're writing this character, this really deep character, thinking about screenwriting principles and, and as if that, the, the, you know, it's, it's like the movie or the TV show is social, right? That's like, that's the show. And so then it's like, how does this character come in and out of that show in a way that's actually really interesting for the audience as opposed to just like posting something and hoping that people glom onto it. So that's the exact goal that I was looking for. You Like that, that helps uh, a lot of marketers, me included at the top of the list there. That is what to, to the getting back to the title of the show. And I'm way over here. The commonalities in brand strategy, Netflix, Amazon, Warner Media, and and your philosophy from a differentiating standpoint that that makes social work. Here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna bring you back. We got another show tomorrow, and we're gonna dive more into social. I know we went pretty broad, and we got to hear a lot about your background. But I'm gonna wrap that episode up here, the Rebrand Podcast. Big thanks, Jason Mitchell, CEO at the Movement Strategy, for joining us tomorrow. Jason and I are going to discuss why Yellow Jackets and Looney Tunes are covered by Ad Week and Ad Age. I know we touched a little bit on Looney Tunes and the the permission that they had. I love the intern thing that you said. I can just tell like having smart, like the need for smart writers. I just, that is a big insight I'm taking away from this conversation. There, there were a ton, but that one's really sticking out of having that firepower of writers that are competent, that can really develop characters at a, at a way that, you know, most brand agencies cannot. Wow, that's that's some gold. If you can't wait till the next episode and you want to learn more about Jason, we'll put his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can DM him on Twitter or X, I should say, at twitter.com backslash movements, company website, movementstrategy.com. If you didn't have a chance to take notes, Rebrand Pods got everything you need. Uh, you can find me on social media pretty much everywhere. It's just Scott Harkey. 
If you haven't subscribed, that's our that's our big KPI. So we appreciate it. I haven't checked the numbers recently, but I know it's well over 5,000. Thanks for everybody. Thanks to the producer, Ben. You're the best, buddy. That's it for today. But next time, it's never too late to rebuild, reboot, or rebrand. 